Moving back to your hometown is not an easy thing to do, especially when you think of what made you want to leave it in the first place. But since I've returned, I've noticed that this seemingly slow-paced, remote little place is much darker, more disturbing than I first thought. And all the cautionary tales from my childhood come back to haunt me, because the ghosts of the past tend to stick around. I'm starting to think that not all is what it seems in Terrific. Episode 1, Fear With Your Beer. Hello, I'm Ed. Welcome to my podcast. So what's the story behind all this then? Okay, so I've recently moved back to my hometown after many years of living in London. And yes, it's come with some anxiety. It's not as exciting as London, but the houses are cheaper and the pace of life is much slower. But I remember being desperate to leave, thinking there was absolutely nothing here for me when I was growing up. And as soon as I turned 18, I couldn't wait to hottail it to the capital. So after many years of growing up, I'm back with my partner and my bulldog and we've just bought a house in the place I said I'd never live in again. Seems like madness. But you know what? I'm actually quite intrigued by the place I left behind. It's like the years of ancient history have come flooding back to me within a matter of weeks. Especially when you're selling this place to someone who's not from round here, you find yourself giving a tour of local interest and mentioning the old haunted houses or the old madhouse or this is where the body was found and then you catch yourself. Suddenly, this place I've been running from for years and years and years is actually beginning to sound quite fascinating. I'm actually really quite interested and I'm glad to be here. Ghosts, murder, madhouses, plots. These streets really have seen a few things. So through this podcast, I'm going to try and pull back the facade of my boring old hometown and try and employ some of my friends to join me on the adventure as I dig around in the past a bit, see how deep the roots grow. Because I'm starting to think that what I thought was an unremarkable little dot on England's landscape is beginning to have a remarkable little story. So I went on a course on how to be a trainer. Well, I'm currently on the course of how to be a trainer, getting my diploma. And um, we had to put together a podcast as a blended learning tool. So not just classroom training. You can use lots of different different methods. And I chose podcasting because obviously I'm doing it. So they uh, asked that I put a podcast together as a kind of experiment as part of the coursework of the course. So I thought, well, I do it on this subject because I can kind of kill two birds with one stone. So I'm going to play you what I did at the beginning of this research podcast. So it might sound a little bit, I don't know, kind of BBC documentary. Uh, So apologies for that. Um, However, it was for another project and there's no point in doing it twice. So here it is. Hereford City is one of the oldest in the country. The Saxons arrived in the 7th century and a settlement began to grow at the Ford. By 700 AD, Hereford had grown into a town. Is it any wonder then that this particular place is crawling with the spirits of the long dead? 
ghostly sightings of Charles II, Nell Gwynne and various mysterious children have popped up everywhere in and around the city. In this episode, however, we're going to look at the strange goings-on at the granddaddy of all haunted pubs in the area, the Black Lion Inn. The Grade 2 listed Black Lion Inn dates back to 1550. In 1778, it became a coaching inn, supplying libations to the many travellers going to and from Wales and the southwest of England. Behind the pub were stables to house the livestock of the passing trade, and it was no strange occurrence to see the adjoining courtyard full of braying animals when the market had come to town. However, it's in the later years that ghostly events started to appear on record, even being featured on local news channels attracted to the idea that the pub was possibly haunted. Reports of monks, the spirits of children and an angry energy by the name of John have all been witnessed at the Black Lion. Even an apparition of an old man in a black hat peering out of the window has been caught on camera. Many visitors have been tapped on the shoulder only to turn and find nobody there. But is this just a legacy that has tricked people into thinking that the paranormal really exists in this place? Or are the Black Lion's punters both living and dead? I know, very Yvette Fielding, wasn't it? Uh, So what I decided to do on my first step towards finding out more about uh, the Black Lion and its spooky inhabitants was to go down to the Records and Archives office and see what I could find out about it initially. It's quite well known in this area that it is quite haunted, but I needed to find out more. So off I went. On our way now to the records office. Let's see if we can find anything out. So in this part, I was actually on my way singing along to Atomic Kitten. However, I've since discovered that uh, you're not allowed to use copyrighted music in a podcast, so I've had to delete it. Sorry, bummer. Okay, I guess I'm kind of looking for names of people who might have been there or, or, or managed the pub or something. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm going to find out when I get there. Okay, so I think we're nearly here now. Right, so where is it? It's quite a new building. Feeling it's up here on the left somewhere. Is it over here? Yeah, this is pretty smart right here. It's smart for my hometown. Right, it's got a massive car park. Must be a lot of people looking for a lot of info. God, that's the worst parking ever. Pretty amazing, actually. The stuff I need here. It's actually quite quiet because it's like a little library. So I found some quite interesting information on the pub itself. So this is in in an actual pub of the city pub book. Um, So it's been around supposedly until the 1600s, which is quite interesting. And it wouldn't have been, normally the Black Lion um, pub name refers to the Philippa, the wife of Edward III. 
but the one in this city is more likely to be associated with Owain Glindor, who had a black lion in his arms, apparently, and is one of the oldest inns in the city. Suffered many alterations, many of which I won't bore you with. Nothing on ghosts, though. Um, although, I'm guessing, from 1660, there would be... I don't know, lots of incumbents. There's a picture here of the 1920s new management of Thomas G. Rook, who, together with his family, stands proudly in front of the entrance. That's a whole picture there. They're all looking very kind of um, miserable, really. But Thomas G. Rook, in his little flat cap, is looking very pleased with himself. I'm not surprised. He's just bought a pub. So anyway, there's not a lot actually on the black line in the archive. However, I've just been handed this rather marvellous little fold. It's all kind of dedicated to it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. Oh, here's more things like the walking. There's some rather... rather well, these are quite modern, these pictures, I would imagine. Because it's got the um, black and white framework and there's a lady sporting a rather nice 80s-style dress. Um, so that was actually taken by someone outside of the city. Well, it didn't look like there was much there, so eventually I had to yield and call one of the archivists in to help me. Okay, um, so the archivist, Reese. So I've been having a look, obviously, at the, the ghostly goings-on, supposedly, of the Black Lion Inn. Um, there's nothing in the archive, but then, I mean, what really am I looking for? How on earth could I try and uncover who might be haunting a pub and using the kind of archive office to do that? What would be the best way of approach? That's right. Well, I think you've got an initial difficulty in that you've asked the question yourself, who are you looking for? Mm. Most people who come to the archive know vaguely what they're looking for, so you're already at a bit of a disadvantage. And so the first thing you've got to do is to, is to find the, the what and then the why. So yeah, there are lots yeah, of yeah. questions to follow through. And I think the best thing to do is to start... In the way you have done, and you've, and you've realised, having perhaps not used an archive before, actually, it's not necessarily as, as it's presented on the telly, on programmes like, who do you think you are? Yeah, I was expecting Hogwarts or something. Yeah, quite, that's right, yes. And we, we try to move away from that. Yes, yeah, you you've moved away yeah, quite it's, well. It's a bit more, yeah. more clinical, but, but yeah. as you've discovered, um, there, there are still sort of glitches, and uh, there's one particular thing you're looking for we couldn't find, so we're going to have to hunt for that one. But, um, in general... It's, it's a question of looking at what survives from the institutions that affect the pub, and the yeah. history of the pub. So, for instance, the, 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 the quarter sessions, um, or the, the, the courts who might be responsible for providing licences for, for the pub, those records are held here. Yeah. Uh, we have records of trades directories, which are the kind of the yellow pages of the Victorian period, which list... Names of people. Yeah, I've just were, had a quick look at those. Yeah, couldn't, look, couldn't, yeah. couldn't get. Couldn't make yeah, well, that's right. Yes, and, and yeah, uh, you have um, to know what you're looking for again. Kind of, yeah, that, exactly. Which is which is why we we are very happy to, to help out. But you ended you end up with a list with a list of names, mm. and um, sometimes it's a matter of looking for the history of those names to see what might come of that. So, for instance, we, we already tried to find 
a record of the death of one of the publicans listed in the book, and obviously mm. we couldn't find anything on that. But no. looking at earlier names in the trade directories, seeing if they happened to to have died at the point where the successor took over, there might be something mm. in, in, in that. And old maps and all sorts of things like that would, can, can certainly help as well. So it's, yeah. um, it's looking for clues um, in areas where you wouldn't necessarily expect to find them. And I yeah. think sometimes a lot of researchers who come here find things there they find very interesting, but I'm not actually looking for them. I've got, I've literally got limited info. I'm mm. hoping that when I meet the paranormal group, they will have some names. Yeah, names um, possibly, I mean, at the moment, the only kind of well-documented name is that there's this spirit called Alice. Mm. Again, needle haystack. Yeah, I tried yeah. looking Alice up on, on the desk. But no, mm. I mean... Plenty of Alice's. Plenty of I mean, you, can't, you wouldn't be able to knit anyone in. Um, mm. So it is quite investigative. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to visit the pub and meet with historians, etc., who can give me a little bit of background, perhaps, on some of the some of the mm. characters, yeah. bring those names back here and see if we can unearth Yeah, and, and that's things like wills and, uh, and records of baptisms and burials mm. and that sort of thing. Thank you so much, please. I will be back. I know you'll... Gosh, I've already kept you five minutes over time. Um, But, uh, yes, it's been fascinating. So I can't wait to come back. So not a lot to go on there, unfortunately, although Reese was magnificent, so thank you so much to him. So I thought I'd try a different approach. So I typed in Hereford and ghosts into Facebook. No, Hereford and hauntings into Facebook. Mm, Hereford and paranormal into Facebook. And lo and behold, there is a Hereford paranormal group. Who knew? Got in contact with them. They put me in touch with Tracy, who used to work for them. I think she was the head investigator. Spoke to Tracy over email and she said they did a whole report on the Black Lion from when they visited in 2006. They took a medium, they took some ghost hunting equipment and she sent me this report. So ace. So I had a quick flick through the report and there were loads of names of other early proprietors of the inn in list form right back to the 1800s. So that was amazing. And also... I mean, this report is super, super thorough. I'll try and post it on my Facebook page. It's really a really good read. It says that it's supposedly haunted by a ghost called Alice, who's a little girl, and a nasty negative entity called John. And we're going to learn a bit more about that when I go through the report with James a bit later. So it was back to the Hereford Records office, armed with names. Who is Alice? Who is John? Let's find out. Okay, so I'm back in the Hereford Records office trying to find out desperately who might be haunting the Black Lion. Who's John? Who's Alice? So I've done a little bit of digging. We've got three potential Johns. We've got John Hill, who was a lodger in 1861. I can't find much out about him because there's not much info. However, we did find out the two other Johns. So John Hammonds lived in the pub in 1891. He was the landlord. um, And he had a wife called Anne and a a son called Henry. So I've managed to track him down, funnily enough, on the census and in the death certificates in Hereford. So he was in the pub in 1891, died in 1895, so only four years later. Could he have died in the pub? Could he be the one that was haunting it? However, I found this more interesting. John Elliot Price, he had the pub in 1851. Wife Elizabeth... She was 25, he was 29, he died in 1852. Did he die in the pub? That's what we want to know. Also, within the house, it wasn't just them, so within the, in the pub, I suppose, living, was James, who was a visitor, we don't know a lot about him, 
Eliza, who was John's mother-in-law, Elizabeth's mother, she was in her 50s. There was Anne, who was an ostler, and I wondered what that was, so I had to look it up. It's someone who looked after horses, and we know there were horses there because it was a, it was an inn for all the farmers and travellers going to and from Hereford City. And living with them was John, who was an, a servant. So that's another John. Don't know a lot about him either. Could it be that John Elliot Price, the 29-year-old who died a year after being recorded as being the landlord of the pub, still haunting the place? Or is it John the servant? Who knows? It could have been someone completely different. Alice was a little bit more difficult to track down. I don't think I have. However, looking at the report they gave me, there was someone called Alice, but her real name was Eliza, and she would have been there in 1861, wife of Richard Davis. Now, that's probably not likely because it was a little girl. Um, However, they had a daughter called Eliza, and I'm guessing perhaps... They called the mother Alice so as not to kind of confuse the two. Or perhaps they both went by the name Alice. And she was only six in 1861. So, did <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. I can't find her in the death record, so I don't know whether she died. There was certainly no Alice or Eliza who died in 1861, aged six. So, we don't really know about Alice. Not sure. John, perhaps but maybe they're both completely unrelated. So there was only one option, really. I had to go and find out for myself whether the Black Lion was indeed haunted. Um, So I wanted to meet the staff, meet some of the regulars and see whether they had any of their own ghost stories. So I thought if I was going to do an investigation on my own effectively or with someone who'd not done one before, uh, I really needed to get some advice. So I called up my good friend, the ghost lady of Gloucester, Lynn, who is a medium and is done more ghostly investigations than I've had hot dinners. And she was able to give me a little bit of advice on how I should handle myself when speaking to the dead. Now, Lynn, we are going to be doing a bit of a mini ghost hunt and I want your advice if that's all right. Okay. If you if you respect it and you go you know open minded, then I find that it's um it's very very fascinating and there's a lot of things that people want to do anyway, but there's an awful lot of people that don't know how to go about it. So what when you're approaching um, these these ghost hunts, what's what are the do's and don'ts? Well. For a start, I don't like to call it ghost hunt. Yeah, Because okay. we're not hunting them. No, okay, it's yeah. ghost investigations. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel that it's people that, you know, that were people that have passed on, um, and we should be very, very respectful of them. Mm. It's not a game. It is a serious subject. Mm. Um, so, you know, you don't go in there shouting and ranting and raving at them, especially if they uh, don't come through. Mm. I mean, they don't have to. It's not, as I say, it's not an entertainment programme or anything. It's entirely up to the um, 
the spirit, if you like, uh, whether they've come through or not. Mm. Sometimes they can come through as your loved ones, yeah. and also sometimes of the various venues that you're in. Now, if you, because I know that you have gone to some um, sort of public houses and things in Gloucester. In fact, one of your favourite places is is a um, is a public house in Gloucester um, that's that's very haunted. Is it different there? I mean, because of the atmosphere, because you're in somewhere that's more of a more of an entertainment. Uh, place do you do you act differently um, yeah, than if you're in someone's house yeah it, it varies to be honest uh, it's a very very in-depth subject um and you've got to have knowledge of many years of experience to to know the difference but um it depends on what kind of activity the venue's having um and whether it's been ongoing whether it's every now and again uh, whether it's the building whether it's the people in the building or whether it's the ground that it was on. Mm. But um, it depends on the stories and the experiences that people tell you about uh, how we first go in to investigate. Now, when you go into a venue, do you have to sort of open anything up? Do you, do you um, sort of do you set the scene with potential spirits that are there? Give me a few pointers. What should I be doing yeah, when well, I walk when, in there? When we, go, when we go to a venue, we know we're going to a venue. We always protect ourselves, i.e. the mediums or whoever's going with us. Mm. We open up to spirit and ask our spirit guides to be with us. And we say a protection prayer. You can also take protection crystals or protection um, crucifix or whatever you believe in, really. Mm. But we definitely do a protection prayer so that we work with love and light and not negativity. Yeah. And we also do a protection prayer uh, afterwards so that none of the spirits or ghosts or entities, whatever, go home with you or get attached to you because you can have what we call attachments. Now, when you say protection prayer, is that a religious thing or is it a spiritual thing? Both. Right. It can be both. It depends on who you are, what's said. I actually just say a prayer from the heart. Mm. But I, I do work with the angels, I do work with spirit. But it depends who is in charge and how they perceive what they think that should be said. But myself, personally, I've always just said it from the heart and just said whatever. There's no particular um, prayer that's said by everyone, like the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Um, we, we all say different things, different ways. And most of the time, is is there a way of actually encouraging spirits to come forward? Are there better ways than others? In yeah, again, again, it's how you perceive things. I mean, just say that we would love you to come forward if you want to. Um, if it's children, we come sometimes bring objects, like trigger objects, like little coloured balls and throw them, things like that. Yeah. Anything to entice them. A lot of people do Ouija boards, which is a yes and a no with a lot of people today. I was for them, then I was against them. Uh, but you've got to be very, very careful because it does open an a, por- a portal um, and you've got to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you leave it open, anything and everything can come through. If, it, if nothing's happening, it can be very boring. I mean, you can go one night, be a couple of hours and absolutely nothing. But at the end of the day, it's if they want to come through or not. And you do not shout at them or be disrespectful just because nothing's happening. Lynn, thank you so much for your expertise. That's okay, yes. You're very I'll, welcome, darling. I'll, I'll probably call on you again, my dear, when we're going off somewhere else. 
So armed with expert advice from Lynn, I was ready to go and see whether the old inhabitants of the Black Lion were still sticking around. And I couldn't go there and not take some of my old ghost investigation equipment with me. And I also had to take some company just so we had a bit of a balanced view. So I had to take my friend, the sceptic, James. And I met him on a cold Tuesday night. Okay, so I just arrived here at the coffee pot in Hereford. It looks very nice. Where is he? Hey, James. Hello there. How are you doing? doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Excellent. So you've got yourself a drink. Oh, you've got me one as well. Fabulous. Right. Well, let's go and sit down and see what this is all about because you're absolutely clueless, aren't you? You've got no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's about to happen. Try not to be too um, intimidated by the microphone. It's very friendly. It's very furry. You'll be used to it by the end of the night. Right, come on, let's go and see what's going on. Are you all right with your coffee? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay, so tonight we're going to go to the Black Line. Have you been to the Black Line before? No, never. So what's your relationship with Hereford then? I've been here about four years uh, since my daughter was born. Um, So your daughter's Herefordian? She's Herefordian, yeah. Wowzers. But I, I, don't, um, I don't go out in Hereford, so I've not really been in any of the bars or anything like that. I've been so busy being a dad that it's kind of, um, you know, gone by the wayside. Such a wanker. You know, I know, but, you know, gone on the days I've when I've been so knew... busy being a dad. I've forgotten how to live. <laughs> I sound like I'm playing a little violin there, but no, it's, it's just been full on and... Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know any of the pubs in town, so I'm looking forward to checking it out, actually. Well, I've got to be honest, it's not the most kind of cosmopolitan of inns, not being unkind to the present incumbents, but then that's not the point of the Black Line. It is, it is like a Hereford institution. It's very historical. Um, we were hoping to get someone from the paranormal group in, but unfortunately she's had an emergency, so she can't. She'd be able to give you a bit more history. However, what they did do was they wrote this amazing report. So they've literally done... Now, how are you... Do you watch ghost things on telly? Do you watch Yvette Fielding? Or... I don't. I'm aware of Yvette Fielding, but not... I've never watched this. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, no, help, you help yourself. It's all right. That's all right. There's not an awful lot to help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're just recording a podcast, so... Are you? I apologise. Don't you worry, you're on it now. Oh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> check, check, check to the well, post. I'm just an equity card now. Are you, um, are you a Hereford lad? I'm not, no, I'm from the Wirral. Oh, right. But I live from... up in Kington and I run the art class here. Oh, cool. So... Do you know much about the Black Lion over the road? The Black Lion, absolutely nothing. Nothing. Okay, well, you're going to have to listen to our podcast when it comes out and you'll learn all these new things about Hereford. I'll be fascinated. <laughs> uh, I've got a friend who's into historical buildings. Oh, ace. Hey. I like the history of the area. And well, if you want to find out about it, you have to ask people who don't live here. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll let, have no idea we'll let them know when it's out and they'll, they'll give you a nod. Talk again. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, so... So you don't watch any ghost hunting? No, I haven't seen a single one. Like I've seen Ghostbusters, and that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> Great film from the 80s. So, um, yeah, so they wrote this report. I won't go into all of it, but this is them doing sort of Ouija boards and things. We're not doing that tonight, you'll be pleased to know. Really it was actually on Midlands Today. Okay. They joined them in this investigation. So, um, so they start off by saying... Um, you know, the occupants, are they honest and sincere? Are they likely to be, for want of a better word, bullshitting anyone? Um, 
they don't drink while they're working, all this kind of thing. They take this really, really oh, so they had to be so, the bar staff had to be sober when they interviewed them? I guess so, but also they had to be of um, good repute in order to, if there were any ghostly sightings, they needed to believe them, right. basically. Right, yeah. They're trying to debunk anything that might be fake. Um, so obviously this is the location. These are the phenomena reported. So these are hopefully people that we're going to be trying to make contact with tonight. Oh, right, so let's have a look then. Young girl named Alice. Yeah. Hooded monks. Mm. Wow. Not the kind of hooded monk you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it, it doesn't say when it was built, though. Well, actually, it does somewhere. Or it's, okay, that's I, later on in the report, Yeah, I think it? so. Um, so, prior knowledge of the use of the building is a monastery, a brothel... Ooh, hello. ...and possibly a public inn... Uh, sorry, possibly a public. It is a public it inn. Is a public uh, possibly inn. a brothel, I meant to say. But my dad seems to think that it was a brothel. Hopefully, not from previous experience. So these are the kind of things that they've um, they've encountered there. Smells, Smells. odors. <coughs> Excuse me. Hot or cold spots. Um, wrappings or knockings. Hopefully, we'll get some knockings tonight. Um, they conversed with the spirit. Apparently, they did. doors opening and closing, moving and disappearing objects. Light bulbs blowing, all things going wrong with the electrics, and dogs looking at something that isn't there. Well, my dog does that. It's what does it say about the dogs? Dogs look towards looking what? at things that aren't there. So, um, oh god, I've got a bit of coffee on there. So, oh, then they've gone through the physical condition of the building. I mean, they've really kind of yeah. This is quite thorough. Um, and how many of them was there? there? I think there are quite a few. I'll say here somewhere. Right, so these are the historical context and research okay. Now, I believe that the owners of the pub have only been there six months, okay. so they're not going to know any of this. In fact, when I went in and said, do you know anything about the ghosts? Or No idea. Uh, but we're hoping that some of the punters might, because they've obviously been drinking there for, for a while. Now, in one of the things that I researched, there was supposed to be a nasty or negative energy named John. So, so it was built approximately 1550, and there are lots of Johns in the previous occupants and dates of residency. So it could be John Elliot Price from 1851, John Hammonds from 1891. Or John Lloyd from 1841. Oh, no, that's James. That's James. You should recognise your own dark, name. It's dark in here. Uh, John Hill was a lodger, possibly. Some kind of lodger falling out. Who knows? So it's all really interesting stuff here. Firstly used as a monastery and an orphanage. Can you imagine an orphanage on that street out there? Yeah. It's a pretty grim place. There's a place for nurses just up the road as well. Isn't there any connection to that? I don't know. So these are the, this is the stuff that the medium came up with. Again, they made sure that it was all legit. You know, you didn't know anything previous to going, all that kind of stuff. Um, so he noticed uh, there was a young girl suffering, had a form of STD around 14 or 15. This is, like, all, this is all grim it's all making, stuff. It's all making perfect sense. <laughs> Already. Are you horrified? I'm, I'm just excited. There was an energy of a young man who came to visit. He passed with a disease of the blood, connected in some form with the present owners of the building, but that would have been sort of 12 years ago. Murder took place. Uh, someone called James, mm-hmm. he was the offender. Female clubbed over the head with a blunt instrument. Her name also began with a J. She was around 18 or 19 and she was a prostitute. So according to this, the whole area was like a red light district. Right. Um, I don't know when that was. 
So then they did the second medium, which... Is this a different medium? Yes. It says there, look, intense unhappiness in a room with Mural. I wonder wonder how many of them had to sense the intense unhappiness before they recorded it down on this report. All of them? One of them? I think it's just the medium. Right. But, you know, not sure. Saw clerics walking through the bar. Wearing grey habits. Wandering as if entering and exiting different places. Came from a quiet order. They were not allowed to talk. That's <laughs> quiet means, doesn't it? handy. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly injustice or evil the building was used for. I mean, I don't know what means... Without speaking to these people sort of face-to-face, I don't know what... And we were ho- kind of hoping... Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry, are we in the wrong... No, uh, no I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> right. It makes you wonder why anyone drinks in there with all of this negative energy and... Well, this is it, but who knows? A lot of people might not even know. Uncle Matthew Hardy had five girls. Willie, the crippled boy. Oh, I hope we meet him. He sounds nice. Wouldn't mind a bit of Willie tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to wait till you get home. So these are all the people who were here. There's quite a few. So Tracy, she was going to come and meet us tonight, but I'm going to have to speak to her on the phone at a later date, I think. So quite a few... Astral Heaven, is that someone's actual name? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. It's a good name. Amber Coffin. Mm. That can't be real, can it? Can't be right. I'll have to ask. So they did. They took lots of stuff here. Now, we've obviously got the microphone that's going to be able to pick up sensitivity in the air. I've also brought a couple more. We have to be quite careful um, that we don't awaken something that we're not supposed to, but don't worry, I've done it all before. Um... So, have you ever seen one of these? Uh, no. So that's an EMF meter, and what spirits can do, allegedly, is they can use energy to, to talk to us. So they'll be able to use that, the lighting system on here, to be able to talk to us if there's anyone there. So in theory, if that was to light up pink, that would be a strong signal, then? Is that how well, it works? Well, it's also or? used to test electric cables, but... <laughs> If you're talking to a spirit and you're asking them to move the lights up and down and it responds to you, that is a way of communicating okay. with the spirit. So it's responsive, right? So it is responsive. And we've also got these, which are just your common or garden. Is this the one that's broken? Stress ball. So they're light up. So what could happen effectively is you could put that in the corner of the room and ask the spirit to go up and light it up. I have seen that done before, and I have seen stuff happen on here before. Right. However, we're not doing a full investigation. We're literally only going to be calling out, seeing whether we can hear anything. We will be in the dark, but we've got a torch. Okay. Have no, you, are no you okay business. with all this? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just no funny business. That's fine. I might ask you to kind of sit on your own with a torch, one end of the room. You're not going to leave me on my own, though, are you? I won't leave you on your own, okay. no. That's okay. I never thought you'd be asking me <laughs> to not leave you alone in the dark. Well, you know, there might be some strange punters in there already who've had too many drinks and they might, you know, just get lost on the way to the toilets. And Don't flatter yourself, dear. Find me. Um, so, basically, the, the, hopefully, the, the run of the night is that we're going to go in, speak to the manager, have a little bit of a tour, and then see if we can pick up any spooky sightings. Okay, sounds great. Excited? I'm stoked. Excellent. Well, let's make our way over then. Cool.
bought extra batteries because um, when you go to scary places, you tend to uh, they tend to drain your battery. Because okay. as we have discovered, ghosts work on energy. So it's quite nice around the back of here, isn't it? So that would have been Hereford's premier nightclub. No that, longer open. Red brick place. All those flats, yeah. But they what, knocked it down and made those. Or? I think they kept the frontage, knocked all the back down, and uh, that's what's left. So this is the Black Lion. Right, let's go in. Coming up in part two. Oh gosh, we're going behind the bar. Beams up here, you see there shall not do murder. Oh, was that you? And people had painted like uh, pentangles on the walls and stuff, and there'd been sacrifices, and there was like blood on the walls and things. All off of the actually fly off. No, they flicked as if somebody went flicked them. So jump on Facebook, Terraford Podcast, and we'll see you next time.